Welcome to the Commander-in-Chief Podcast. I'm Yuri Kruman, founder and CEO of Commander-in-Chief Media Group, award-winning chief people officer and keynote speaker, author of five books, Fortune 500 consultant and corporate trainer, and contributor to Fast Company, Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Newsweek. Our mission at Commander-in-Chief Media is to help 100 million people around the world in the next 10 years to do their life's best work in the here and now through storytelling, educational media, thought leadership, HR consulting, corporate training, coaching, speaking, and authentic high-quality writing, helping people become their own Commanders-in-Chief. Now, if you're interested in being a guest on the Commander-in-Chief podcast, stick around until the end of the show. We will share with you what we're looking for and how to apply. Welcome to the Commander-in-Chief Podcast. I'm really, really excited for today's conversation with the CEO of 5WPR, one of the very top PR firms in New York City, Ron Tarasian. Ron, thank you so much for making the time to speak with us. Thank you for having me. It's really a pleasure. I know it's been a while since we connected. And, uh, you know, just for a bit of background, again, I'll, I'll let you do your own intro because I think it's it's much better that way. But um, one of the reasons that we connected originally was your gracious and uh, generous enough to provide some really excellent insights for my book, which was, of course, a genesis for this podcast and so many other things, or Be Your Own Commander-in-Chief. So perhaps we'll touch on that later in the interview, but uh, first I'd love to just, uh, you know, get an intro, get a sense of your story, which I think is one of the most fascinating I've heard, at least. Sure. Thanks. So my name is Ron Tarosian. I'm the CEO of 5WPR. Um, we are uh, one of the 10 leading independent PR firms in the United States. We're about 300 employees, everything from consumer brands to corporate brands to technology. We do everything from digital media to media relations to conferences to strategic communications to crisis work, um, really all across the board on a wide variety of different things from large companies to small companies and everything in between. Um, we are... A 18-year-old agency. I started in 2003, um, and today we're about you know 300 people and growing. It's amazing, amazing. So um, I would love to just have you share with us, you know, your your story. Again, I'm I'm really inspired. I've I've heard a lot of great stories. I'm kind of a story collector myself. You know, I've had my own <laughs> ups and downs and struggles and all that good stuff, but. You know, um, growing up in the Bronx and, you know, it's not the most typical thing when you hear someone at the top of the PR world is from the from the Bronx. I'd love to just kind of hear hear your perspective, how you came up and how you built what you built. Sure. So I'm a uh, native New Yorker. I was uh, born in Brooklyn, uh, moved to the Bronx at the age of three. I attended uh, New York City Public Schools. I'm a graduate of uh, Stuyvesant High School. Um, I went to SUNY Albany, State University of New York at Albany. Um, and then um, I worked at a few PR firms. I started 5WPR at the age of 28 in 2003. And, um, you know, first, I don't know, five, six, seven years in, we were on the Inc. 500 list. That's one of the fastest growing companies in the United States. Um, you know, and we've had, you know, pretty steady growth. Um, you know, my goals over the last few years have really been to double in size every five years. Um, we've really, you know, hopefully, and we've really thankfully been able to do that. Um, and that's really kind of, you know, been our growth, our, our, our growth 
hypothesis is to grow every five years to double in size, which is 15% compounded growth year over year. You know, as you grow, as you scale, it gets harder to grow, particularly in the, um, you know, I'm in the people services, people capital business. Um, I would tell you that, you know, it's become even more complicated with all of the, um, you know, complications. I won't even say today from COVID, but I would say today from working from home, I would say today from, you know, the, the, the world has completely changed in terms of, you know, what the work-life balance looks like and all these other things. There's been a real revolution that's taken place in every business, I think. Um, and I think, you know, New York has been particularly hard, 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 hard hit by, you know, what work from home looks like. But in terms of our business, thankfully, we've had a great year. We've probably had our best year ever in 2021. Um, and, um, and we're very happy with what the, you know, landscape looks like PR wise, marketing wise, and, um, we're very excited about the future. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. So one of the interesting angles, I think for this conversation, you know, a lot of, a lot of my other guests have been CEOs of, let's say unicorns or public companies. They're either doing something in a consumer goods or, you know, some kind of, really high tech, something around LIDAR, for example, that's what makes you love. Or HR tech, which is another really high growing area. As it, as it happens, uh, Hi Bob is one of your customers, interestingly enough. Um, so, you know, in this situation, as you mentioned, you're in the people business, you're not only dealing with your own fast growth, and you have your own very particular growth goals and all of that, but you're also really helping those other entrepreneurs or your clients to do the same, to achieve that fast growth. So I think in in kind of in, in the scheme of what we're talking about here, you're in a very unique position to look at your own growth internally and, and try to understand, okay, we're at a certain inflection point. What do we do from here in order to continue growing? How do we manage that? How do we manage that from a business perspective, operations strategy, et cetera? And how do we do that from a people perspective, right? Because again, there's COVID, there's all kinds of complications that you mentioned, you know, people work. Uh, remotely, it's not always easy to get a read on who's doing what, is someone doing something, right? So how maybe let's start with the question of how you have managed in, in your own business over the last 18 months to two years to really, you know, look through a different lens at fast growth. Because again, you're no longer in a position to kind of see everyone, oversee everything, right? Suddenly you have to change your approach, perhaps. I'd love to kind of dive into what has changed in, in your approach and how you've seen that relationship with employees and clients evolve. You know, I, 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 I think it's hard. Um, I think it's really hard to be a, I think there's at times a conflict that I see for entrepreneurs and I certainly see for myself of being an entrepreneur and of being a great manager. I think they're really difficult things for most entrepreneurs to do. Um, I think entrepreneurs, by their very nature, certainly myself, are ADD, are OCD, are the types of things that make fast growth and entrepreneurship successful. But I think at times, they're not necessarily the best things to run a day-to-day -day business. Um, you know, one of the best things I think I did was I put in a real management team that allows us to run the business in a much smarter, much more mature, you know, type of business. So now I have co-presidents who run our company. We have senior vice presidents who are with us an average of about 11 years, which in my industry is like, you know, a really long time. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, we've learned through the years, things that I wasn't able to do a few years ago, like manage off of budgets and manage off of long-term plans, 
And as an entrepreneur, it's really difficult for me to think about, you know, <laughs> to think about, you know, forget about, you know, two years from now. It's hard for me to think about, you know, next week or two weeks or three weeks. I'm in the business and I'm I'm in the nature of my phone rings. I answer it. You know, anybody who deals with me knows that they email me. I email back really quickly. They call me. I call back really quickly. And that's not always the best thing when it comes to running a company, I have to tell you. You're not always able to make this. You know, we're now 300 people. We can't make every decision instantly. We can't make every decision as quickly as we want to. Um, and I think that those are things that, you know, I think I've learned, you know, frankly, at the age of 47, at the age of 37, I couldn't do. Um, and I think it's signs, you know, just, not just of, you know, kind of personal maturity and personal growth. I think it's about company maturity and company growth as well. You know, I think that companies in some ways are a lot like people, you know, and we're now an 18 year old company. We're a lot different than we were, you know, a few years ago. And I think that those are strengths and things that, you know, companies go through evolutions as they grow. Um, and something we've, you know, we, we've made a conscious effort to do is to get better types of clients, smarter clients, stronger clients, things like that. Yeah, that's a great insight. Let me, let me dive a little bit deeper because I, I know that, you know, in a people business, you look at the people who work with you, not just for you, let's say, right? You look at them as your uh, yeah, main asset. That's easy to say. But, you know, once you put in people to manage your business, it's it's very hard because you're almost like, you know, letting letting go of your baby. And it's, it's, it's very hard, again, as an entrepreneur because you're used to running everything and doing everything. So if you could maybe help us understand how you approach that process of hiring, interviewing really filtering for the right kinds of people more than just, well, they come from, you know, this big agency or that fortune 500 company and they understand the business. What, what goes into that, you know, stack, if you will, of, of interviewing and filtering for the right people. The right people or the right clients. You know, I think that they're both necessities. I think for us, we want to make sure the clients are right fit. Um, you know, look, we, we, you know, anybody who's in business knows that the, the truth is that the customer is not always right. The client is not always right. I think through the you know last few years, we've done a good job of taking on a better type of client who stays with us for a longer time of period. And I think the same thing goes for um, you know staff that works for us. We've gotten very big on personality testing. You know, the type of person who works for 5W needs to be a self-starter. The type of person who works for 5W needs to be somebody that's able to invigorate themselves, inspire themselves, make things happen themselves, and um, not just, you know, rely on do this, then do that, then do this, then do that. And I think that these are things that we've learned. I think that, you know, through the years, we've learned how to better filter what constitutes a good client and how to better filter what constitutes a good staff member for us. Just because somebody's a superstar at another agency doesn't mean they'll be a superstar at our agency. Um, you know, it really depends on, you know, what the perspective looks like, what the focus looks like, what the styles look like, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I remember this echoes our conversation uh, for the book actually very closely. Great. Um, so let's, and I think, let's... I think, I think every company needs to have a DNA that fits for them and what works, you know, working for you might not work working for me. Um, and they're really different type things that make sense. And um, that's what we've learned through the years. Definitely. No, that's, that's very inspiring. Um, I think most entrepreneurs maybe don't think enough about the subject or at least ones that I speak to until they don't have a choice and then they have to evolve you know, not just uh, the transactional piece, meaning, okay, what can you do for me? What can I do for you? But more around philosophy, right? That's one of the reasons why I wrote this book, why I'm doing this podcast is because I found that there's 
sometimes a lack of this life philosophy element, right? It's not just about, uh, uh, again, what's the business deal? Let's negotiate, right? Is this the right fit? Are we going in the same direction? Do we see the world in a substantially similar way? And I think uh, that's that's something that maybe should be part of some kind of entrepreneur education. I, I, I agree. And I think that, you know, look, I, I've learned through the years, I think a lot of it is about understanding also what motivates you. Um, you know, for me, again, at the age of, you know, 47 with 300 people, I want to keep building a much larger business. Um, you know, when I was, you know, in my 30s, I would have thought that I was very successful with 150 people. Today, with you know, with 347, I don't think I'm that successful. And I want to keep building and keep growing. Now I have peers and friends with companies my size who are thrilled. I think it's all about, you know, what motivates you, what excites you, what inspires you, what do you want to continue to do? Um, you know, for me, I'm an entrepreneur that wants to build a much larger business. But when you keep building, you know, again, the, the, the ability to grow and to change is a lot different at, you know, 300 people than it is at 100 people. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, when you're driving on the highway at 80, it's a lot easier to maneuver when you're going 50 than it is when you're going 80. You know, it's a lot scarier when you're going faster. And, um, you know, again, I mean, this was a scary year for entrepreneurs. You know, I, I, I can tell you that, you know, for me, when COVID hit in March 2020, I remember I said, oh, my God, the world's going to come to an end. I remember what happened in 2008. And it was, you know, the financial downturn. And we lost, I don't know, you know, 35% of our business in 45 days. I thought the same thing was going to happen. And, um, you know, the reality is that for my business, I think for every, many smart people in the PR business, um, it grew our business um, for a lot of different reasons. And, um, you know, I think that the reality is, is that, you know, it is, um, it is something that, you know, you continue to learn and grow and evolve as an entrepreneur. And that's the key is, you know, being an entrepreneur is, you know, about, I think, evolution and change and growing. And that's what it's about. So I want to touch upon two things. Number one, um, the the kind of way to look at PR and marketing. A lot of entrepreneurs think, oh, you know, give me a quick media hit, you know, and that's that's going to be it. No, <laughs> we know we know that's not how it works. It's a longer game. It's a lot more strategic. Um, and if you're really thoughtful about the way you do PR and marketing, you have to tell a good story. And it's not just a good story that you know you take off the shelf. It has to be something connected to who you are, how you see the world, what you're building, how you're building. And yeah, I mean, eventually maybe you touch upon some sort of relatively unique DNA, at least in some elements. So um, I would love to get a sense from you. I mean, you obviously, this is your profession. This is something that you've, you've been doing for many years. You've worked with so many amazing brands in all kinds of different industries through, you know, crises and, and ups and downs, um, you know, all sorts of interesting moments. Um, I guess for me, you know, if you had to give some guidance, a lot of our listeners are, you know, up and coming founders, CEOs, they might just be kind of starting that fast growth journey. They might be seeking it. They might be looking, you know, pretty much anywhere. <laughs> give me a hit. Give me some shot in the arm, something. What advice would you give to founders that are a little bit earlier in their journey? So they haven't quite hit, you know, on the rocket engines to, to start uh, start the next funding round, what have you, right? What would what would you recommend for them in terms of formulating their story? How how should they go about it? How should they think about PR and marketing? 
Look, I think, you know, marketing and PR is part of a larger ecosystem. I think there's a lot of things that matter and a lot of things that make sense. And I think, you know, much like as we talk about, you know, people skills, you know, what works for you doesn't work for me. I think that, you know, SEO is something that works for a lot of companies. I think PPC works for some companies. I think influencers work for some companies. I think awards work for some companies. You know, I think it really depends on, you know, A, budgets, B, timeframe. Um, I can tell you that, you know, the media market is so crowded these days that I, I think there's very few stories that instantly change a business. Um, you know, I think it's really hard. Oh, my God, I got this one story in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, CNBC. I think it's really, you know, it doesn't mean you're not going to make, you know, X dollars in sales overnight because of it. But I think very few businesses these days are changed because of this one story or that one story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's about, you know, looking about a larger ecosystem, a larger, you know, focus in terms of what makes sense and where you're going to go and where you're going to grow um, rather than kind of, you know, oh my God, I got this one hook. I got this one thing. I think, you know, it's about, it's about focusing on larger things is my feeling. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great insight. Um, I certainly see the world that way as well. Um, you know, for for context, I'm not a I'm not a PR firm certainly, but as you can imagine, you know, because I contribute to whatever publications, I get some kind of insane inbound from PR agents, uh, from entrepreneurs. Hey, write about me, write about me. So definitely, there's there's a lot of this sense of like give me give me a quick hit. So I think it's it's very valuable guidance to say you know back off and see it as a longer longer game. So let me, right. let me just give you a scenario. Let's say I'm a hot, uh, I don't know, uh, HR tech company uh, based in, I don't know, Silicon Valley, New York, uh, Tel Aviv, whatever, right? And let's say I got my seed round, it's oversubscribed because now, you know, the, the VC markets are absolutely insane, right? Everybody just wants to pour the money somewhere. So let's say um, I have I have a good, I mean, for, for a seed round, again, we're not talking about something massive here. I have a good war chest. Um, you know, let's say I have some kind of product market fit. I'm, I'm starting to see my first few customers. So let's say um, I find five uh, WPR in line, right? Or I get recommended uh, to you. First of all, I have no idea if it's a good fit or not. I'm just, I'm just, you know, a guy trying to build a business, right? How how would you approach that conversation um, with that entrepreneur who may not have? You know, any experience building a startup previously may not understand much about PR marketing. How do you go about that education? I think that, you know, again, the question is what does success look like for you? Um, I think that those are things that we want to understand from any client is, you know, what is the benchmark for success look like? Um, is it to get some awards? Is it to get some kind of funding? Is it to get, you know, is it is is it just to get a few press hits? Um, I think it really depends on what, you know, the benchmark for success looks like. Um, you know, again, I mean, I think, you know, funding, you know, to get funding is not just about getting one story, getting two stories, getting three stories. It's about, you know, again, building a business. It's about making sure that your focus is right for your investors. It's about it's about getting the right kind of profiles of the media. Um, so all these different things, I think, are things that we help companies to look at. I think all these different things are things that, you know, again, when we look at a benchmark for success, is it analysts? Is it conferences? Is it all of the above? Um, you know, I think that these are things that, you know, together with companies we look at, we try and figure out, um, you know, together often. Um, 
again, different, different case by case. Um, we represent a lot of great HR tech companies, including, you know, um, you know, you mentioned Hi Bob, who we love and, you know, great people for many years, you know, good people. We're very involved with who we like, who, um, you know, we have a, we, we have a lot of really smart entrepreneurs and really smart business owners who I think are really good at what they do. And, um, that's what invigorates us. That's what excites us, um, is the ability to build together with awesome clients, um, you know, really smart, really smart programs that work for our clients. Um, and that's fun for us. Amazing. So I would love to, again, to the degree that you can share, right? We don't have to necessarily um, name companies or, you know, what have you, but if you could maybe tell us about one of your either most successful cases of working with a company, let's say from a very early stage all the way through maybe IPO, maybe unicorn stage, uh, but just just to give a sense of what is what is an actual journey of working with a PR firm look like for, you know, let's say I'm a tech startup. Again, in one of those cities, I'm starting relatively early. Maybe I'm a series. A. I have one of my favorite clients ever, who I'm not going to name on this call, is somebody who we've taken through, somebody who we've taken through. I've taken two of his companies public and um, it's maybe been one of my most rewarding professional experience is um, an entrepreneur who we've been in business with. This is his second, this is his second, on, this is his second unicorn company, which we just took public. And um, it's so rewarding and it's so exciting. And this is a person who, you know, the day that he went public, I told him, you know, this time, the second time I told him, you know, now you're going to rest. He says, no, now I'm going to keep building. And I think it's, you know, in many ways, it's symbolic of what, you know, entrepreneurs do well is, you know, I think being an entrepreneur is a lot like being a parent. There's ups, there's downs, there's excitements. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the journey and the desire to build is something that I think really drives good entrepreneurs and it's fun and it's exciting and um, you know, I think that those are things that good, you know, good entrepreneurs do well. Um, you know, that's my that's that's you know that that that's kind of my feeling is you know it's a continued evolution, it's a continued growth. Um, and I think that that's what's most exciting for us. Amazing. Um, so you know, part of part of this uh, podcast is is really asking people something more. Little bit more personal, and again, I know not everyone is going to give (laughs) the unvarnished version because it's uh, it's it's you know, it is what it is. But um, I'd love to hear from you, you know, something from your story, from your journey that you know, clearly you've you've had a lot of success, but success is not baked in a vacuum, right? It happens because of inflection points and and you know, maybe failures or iterations or however you want to visualize them, um, you know. The reason that I started this podcast, again, growing out from the book, is because I'm trying to find, um, you know, it, it's not a formula because I don't know that there is a formula, but at least I believe there are four conversations that we all should be having. So the number one is about health, uh, meaning, you know, your fitness, your nutrition, your sleep, your biorhythms, et cetera. Number two is your mental models and life skills, things like managing expectations, dealing with your cognitive biases making decisions and, you know, managing your finances, career, and side hustle. Number three is dealing with other people. So that's kind of the classical stuff we usually talk about when we talk about uh, clients or coaching, um, things like uh, how do you negotiate? How do you win a business deal? How do you manage up or down? Deal with your investors, advisors? And yeah, maybe, you know, your your wife, husband, kids, uh, your, your stakeholders in your personal life. And then the, the last one is... Um, 
really about your conversation with God or the universe. And that might look very, very different for different people. But I, I love to ask my guests to, to give guidance on any or even all of those four conversations. So I'd love to kind of get your sense based on your own story and, and your own moments of kind of inflection and doubt what you did in order to get past them and to grow from those moments. I think I have doubts every single day. Um, you know, I think that any, you know, I, I grew up in a, uh, you know, in a household where we were taught to believe in ourselves. I think the belief in oneself is really important. I think it's something I'm trying very hard to impart to my children. Um, I think, you know, the ability to learn to listen to your gut is really important. I think good entrepreneurs learn to listen to their gut and to understand, you know, again, what works for them and what doesn't. Um, you know, my relationship with God is very important to me, you know, both meditating and praying. And, um, you know, I think exercise is really important to me. Um, you know, if I don't sweat most days of the week, I find that my thinking isn't as clear. Um, everybody needs their own firm of, you know, kind of work-life balance. By far the most important relationship in my life is my relationship with my children. And, um, you know, no matter what else is going on in my life, you know, my, my, my relationship with my children will always be the most important thing. Um, and I think that, you know, everybody needs to decide kind of, you know, their most important thing. Um, and there's extremes, you know, like Elon Musk selling all of his worldly belongings. And there are day-to-day -day people that, you know, run their business very differently. And everybody has to understand, you know, their own motivation, I think, is really key to being a successful business owner. You know, what motivates you? For me, I've long said, you know, anybody who's tracked our journey, I've long said I want to build a very large PR firm. And I'll still say that today at 300 people. I would have said that at 200 people. I would have said that at 100 people. For me, we're still very much a startup that's looking to build a bigger business. That's really important to me. Um, that's things that I really want to keep doing. Fantastic. Um, you know, I think all of us have role models, right? And those role models might change drastically over time because I don't know, we might actually meet the people that uh, our, our role models might not be, <laughs> might be disenchanted. Um, but I, I'd love to, I'd love to hear from you. I mean, you know, you're, you're in a business that by definition uh, rubs elbows with a lot of, let's say celebrities or people that are in the news or, you know, they're building uh, public companies or unicorns, et cetera. So are there any particular people that really inspire you perhaps because you've worked with them or because you've followed their progress? Um, you know, I can tell you by far the person who's inspired me the most to always be my role model is my late mother. Um, there's no question for me that, you know, that's always has been my role model. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny you mentioned, you know, uh, you know, as you meet people, there's very few people I meet that I think higher of. In other words, you know, it's um, it's really easy. I think it's easier to really idolize somebody when you don't know them. Um, you know, I'm not going to mention any celebrities here, but I think there's a lot of really bright people we've worked with through the years. I like people who build businesses. I like people at the end of the day who are good people. Um, you know, I am somebody that, you know, has very much, you know, my word really matters to me. And I think that, you know, keeping one's word is really, really, really vital. Um, I think that, you know, my role models are people who build their businesses, are people who are good people, are people who are making a difference in the world. And um, those are the people that I enjoy spending my time with. Again, you know, as we get older, um, you know, your, your, your time is a commodity and time is something you can't get back. And, um, you know, I believe very much in building my business. I believe very much in being great to my kids. I believe very much in, you know, giving back and giving charity to the things that are important. 
And um, those are people I choose to hopefully spend my time with and surround myself with. Yeah. Very wise words. You know, for me, same thing. My, my mom is, <laughs> my mom is my number one and my wife is a close second. Uh, you know, very strong women really, there's, there's no substitute for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, is there anything that I haven't asked you, which you think uh, would be a great question to ask something that would be very helpful for our listeners? Yeah, no, I mean, nothing I can think of. Um, you know, I would tell you that, you know, what I'm looking to do is to keep building a business. And um, those are things that I enjoy. Um, building a business, doing great work. Um, and that's what, you know, I enjoy doing. And I thank you for all that you're doing. It's awesome. The things you're doing, teaching people and educating entrepreneurs are awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for the kind words, Ron. It's really, uh, really wonderful to connect with you again. I certainly hope we'll have a chance to do, uh, to do more of this in the future. And uh, just thank you. Thank you for your time and great insights. Uh, it's always a pleasure to speak with you and uh, to, to learn from you. So awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you so, so much. Talk soon. Thank you very, very much. Take care. Be well. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Commander-in-Chief Podcast. To apply to be a guest on the show, head on over to cicmediagroup.com backslash guest. CIC is in Commander-in-Chief. So that's CIC mediagroup.com backslash guest. These guys help us spread the word about the podcast and our mission on social media. We're cooking up something truly special over here and we really need your help to spread the message. The reviews especially are huge for helping us grow and get the golden nuggets of wisdom from our world-class guests out into the world. Go on ahead, give us a review rating on whichever platform you use to listen. Our mission at Commander in Chief Media is to help 100 million people around the world in the next 10 years to do their life's best work in the here and now through storytelling, education media, thought leadership, consulting, corporate training, coaching, speaking, and authentic high-quality writing, helping people to become their own Commanders-in-Chief. And before you go, please make sure to hit that subscribe button for us here at the Commander-in-Chief Podcast so that you can be the first to know when new episodes drop. Let's not be strangers, friend, okay? Please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever you hang out. And, of course, if you want to learn more about our work and impact or just access some great content, plenty of that, head on over to CICmediagroup.com. That's uh, CIC as in -in Commander-in-Chief, mediagroup.com. Once more, this is Yuri Kruman, and thanks for listening.